Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 563 of our three-year journey through the Word of God together, and we come to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. This is the last chapter in 1 Chronicles, which brings us to the end of the reign of David. 1 Chronicles has largely been focused on David and the reign of David, and specifically these last several chapters have been focused on how Toward the end of his reign, David's priority was preparing for the temple and for that transition to Solomon who was going to build the temple. And we'll see that very clearly in today's chapter. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come together as your people. We come to your word because we want to hear from you. You are the author and giver of life. You are the one who is truth itself. You're the one who gives us out of who you are truth, goodness, and beauty, your plan of salvation, your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray that you would bless our time together this morning, bless First Chronicles 29 to our souls, that we might draw near to you, that we might understand you better, that we might love you more deeply. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. First Chronicles 29. And David the king said to all the assembly, Solomon my son, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great, for the palace will not be for man, but for the Lord God. So I have provided for the house of my God, as far as I was able, the gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, and the bronze for the things of bronze, the iron for the things of iron, and wood for the things of wood, besides great quantities of onyx and stones for the settings, antim, antim, am, yeah, I can't ever say this word right, antimony, <laughs> colored stones, all sorts of precious stones and marble. Moreover, in addition to all that I have provided for the holy house, I have a treasure of my own of gold and silver. And because of my devotion to the house of my God, I give it to the house of my God, 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, 7,000 talents of refined silver, for overlaying the walls of the house, for all the work to be done by the craftsmen, gold for the things of gold, and silver for the things of silver. Who then will offer willingly, consecrating himself today to the Lord? Then the leaders of the father's houses made their free will offerings, as did also the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, and the officers over the king's work. They gave for the service of the house of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord in the care of Jehiel the Gershonite, then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly, for with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, 
and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. But who am I? And what is my people? That we should be able thus to offer willingly. For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. For we are strangers before you, and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days on earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand, and all is your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things, and now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts toward you. Grant to Solomon, my son, a whole heart that he may keep your commandments, your testimonies, and your statutes, performing all, and that he may build the palace for which I have made provision. Then David said to all the assembly, Bless the Lord your God. And all the assembly blessed the Lord, the God of their fathers, and bowed their heads and paid homage to the Lord and to the king. And they offered sacrifices to the Lord. And on the next day offered burnt offerings to the Lord, 1,000 bulls, 1,000 rams, and 1,000 lambs, with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. And they ate and drank before the Lord on that day with great gladness. And they made Solomon, the son of David, king the second time. And they anointed him as prince for the Lord, and Zadok as priest. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king in place of David his father, and he prospered. And all Israel obeyed him, and the leaders, all the leaders and the mighty men, and also all the sons of King David, pledged their allegiance to King Solomon. And the Lord made Solomon very great in the sight of all Israel, and bestowed on him such royal majesty as had not been on any king before him in Israel. Thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. The time that he reigned over Israel was 40 years. He reigned seven years at Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. Then he died at a good age, full of days, riches, and honor. And Solomon, his son, reigned in his place. Now the acts of King David from first to last are written in the chronicles of Samuel the seer and in the chronicles of Nathan the prophet, and in the chronicles of Gad the seer, with accounts of all his rule and his might, and of the circumstances that came upon him and upon Israel, and upon all the kingdoms of the countries. That comes to the conclusion of the reign of David. And you can see how so much of the emphasis here at the very end of David's life is on giving generously to the temple. We see here godly leadership on display because David is leading by example 
He's leading with a whole heart and showing his devotion in very real terms, not just with words, not just with rousing speeches, but with real action behind that, sacrificial giving. And the people follow David's example. So this effective godly leadership of calling people, charging people, and setting the example to people. And then he asks, and the people give. And notice how they give. They give willingly. They give wholeheartedly. And they give with gratitude because they realize that everything they have comes from God. I love how David prays here. He, he acknowledges that everything comes from God. God does not ask us to give because he needs something from us. God does not ask us to give because he's standing in heaven waiting for a handout. God asks us to give because it is our way of acknowledging that everything comes from God, everything is for God, and that we are blessed and privileged to be able to give to God. And they, they rejoice in the fact that their hearts have been set free from a devotion to materialism, and their hearts have been set free to acknowledge who God is and how great he is and how greatly he is to be praised and how worthy he is and how everything they have comes from him and should go back to him. And so they are joyful and thankful, even as they give very generously and very sacrificially. And they thank God for this opportunity. That is true Christian giving. True Christian giving isn't, well, I've taken care of all of my own needs and wants and desires. Now, what do I have left over that I could give to the church? Nor is it, I'm going to set aside the first 10% of my income because I am a godly person and I will obey the Lord and it may hurt, but I'm so good that I'm going to do this, right? It's not either one of those things. It is the first fruits. It should be the first thing in our budget. It should be the top of our list of things to do, but we should give it freely and joyfully and humbly, thanking the Lord, not only that we have such an abundance to give back to him, but that he set our hearts free from enslavement to material things so that we want to give to him. So both the ability to give and the desire to give are gifts from God for which we ought to give thanks and praise God. And then they offer sacrifices. They offer sacrifices and Solomon is anointed as king. And David comes to the end of his life. Just David's life is not a perfect life. We know that. David sinned, sinned grievously. At times he wandered. A whole dark period when he lived with the Philistines uh, and went on raids and wiped out whole villages and then the incident with Bathsheba and then the census. He was a sinful man. But he was a man after God's own heart. He was a man who had been redeemed by the grace of God, who knew the Lord and who rejoiced in him. And so he lived and reigned for 40 years, which is this great number 
40 is a very significant biblical number for this period of, of, of time, like 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, and and Jesus is 40 days in the wilderness, and, and so now uh, David's 40 years of reigning. He had 33 years of reigning in Jerusalem, which is the same number, we believe, as the life of Jesus, 33 years. So there's a lot of significance to the length of what God gave him. Seven years at Hebron, that's a number of divine completion, 33, uh, twice two threes, and it's also the, life, the lifespan of the Lord Jesus. So there's a lot of symbolic significance here of God's way of saying, here's a king who wasn't perfect, he wasn't sinless, but he was a man after God's own heart, and he is someone that we should, uh, that we should emulate. And that's why so many psalms are written by David and, and why his, his life story is told so many times in Scripture, because he is not perfect, but he is someone that we should look at and say, that's what it means to love the Lord, and that's what it means to follow the Lord. doesn't mean we don't sin, but when we sin, we repent. And when God blesses us, we give generously. And when God calls us, we answer. And when we lead, we lead people to the Lord. So that's King David. Of course, there is a greater David, the son of David, who is David's Lord, who comes along a thousand years after the reign of David has concluded. And he is the man after God's own heart with sinless perfection. We learned about him yesterday in Hebrews 5. We've been learning about him throughout our study. That's why we call it walking with Jesus through the word. Because even here in First Chronicles 29, and we think of what a great king David was, we serve a far greater king whose reign is not 40 years but is eternal and whose heart is not prone to wander but is steadfast and holy and perfect and who gave the Lord everything, even his very life, for us and for our salvation. So yes, we admire David, we emulate David, but we worship King Jesus and we follow King Jesus, the greater David. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your son. We need saving, just like David needed saving. We're sinful people. Our hearts are prone to wander. We get distracted. We get ensnared. We do foolish, impulsive, reckless things. Forgive us. Continue to save us through Jesus Christ, the greater son of David, David's son and David's Lord. Thank you that we can belong to such a king in such a kingdom. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's First Chronicles 29, so we're means we're getting ready to start Second Chronicles. Hope you can join us for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord.